Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome everybody back to Sixers Screen Time. I am Drew Peltzman. I'm here with Steve Lippman and Dan Volpone. We're back on the Liberty Ballers Network feed. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm fine. I hate the Sixers. Doing great. And I also hate the Sixers. So I'm glad we're back. All right. So we have some breaking news. Literally the only right piece of news that we got this offseason was we signed Kelly Oubre Jr. Literally, I Pat Bev maybe but like really nothing else has happened since we last spoke so let's talk about kelly Ubre. why don't you guys give me like a grade on like a through f right on what the signing means for the sixers steve you can go first i'll go h for hot he is a i mean good night he is an attractive guy for for a long time i've thought that he was the best looking guy in the league and i think that that will no doubt get worse now that he's a sixer but um he's just he looks great he's got a great look about him as a basketball player it's funny he scored 20 points a game last year and the resounding uh uh takeaway on twitter from basketball people is like nah he sucks it's like you know so i i'm fine with it he i don't know if i mentioned this is very attractive to me personally um and he thinks he's the best player on the court, and I like that he won't demure at big spots, but I think he'll probably drive a lot of us crazy because he is a black hole. He never passes, um, and he's not that good of a shooter. But he can jump. He can touch the net, which is unique for a sixer, so it's fine. A C. Dan? Yeah, I'll give it an A. I mean, listen, he's on a minimum contract, and, you know, so it's, it's really no risk, and he's not a center. Which is great. Um, already yes. improvement from most of our other signings. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Not a center yet. We could, uh, we could work on it. But any, <laughs> like you mentioned, I mean, he's very good looking. Honestly, I think that was the biggest thing we lost with Ben leaving the team, uh, is that the team got got worse looking. Um, mm-hmm. Ben's a, Ben's a handsome man, and uh, he's not very good at basketball either. Uh, so I think Ubre should actually slide into the Ben role pretty well. They're on like the same tier i feel like ben and Ubre are not they're like two I different think animals is more handsome okay good but ben ben was still one of the more handsome sixers that is definitely good rankings exactly. every year for sure. it's interesting you guys are saying this now i don't remember hearing that that often hey, in the go past. look up the old rankings it's in there all right for sure yeah before the atlanta series we definitely had him ranked pretty favor favorably in the handsome rankings yeah. um yeah well, he's he well put together no, he was unranked. Exactly. Yeah. The, the even when he was technically on the roster the next year, we we didn't let him on. Well, we don't follow technicalities. He was not a sixer. Correct. And obviously, Ubre scoring twenty points for the competitive Charlotte Hornets is going to bear well. He knows how to play in winning situations. At least we have a wing. So, like you guys said, that's always good. You know, I and I'll just say like a lot of people are saying like those were all 
bad teams. Like, it's like, okay, but if he was the guy getting all these shots on all these bad teams, if he was good, wouldn't he help them be not so bad? Like, and there's no excuse for him to not be a good defender, but he's not. Like, he's, you know, he's 6'8", he's got great length and athleticism, but he's not a good defender. So, you know, again, I'd love to see it work out. He would be a very cool player to actually be a good sixer, you know, even beyond this year, but I, I don't have high hopes for it. Anything to add, Dan? No, I think we should get into the uh, we should get into the crux of the episode. Everything we hate about the six. Okay, all right, right yeah. Listen, I I could riff on this for hours. Um, so I think what we're gonna have to do is go one at a time, taking turns. I think that's only fair. Go ahead, Dan. Be my guest. All right, let me start you off with this one. I don't think you guys would think this is like this high up on the list for me, but here's what I'll say. I think Joel Embiid is a hard worker he wants to win he just won mvp and he's like everyone's favorite sixer ever and this offseason the team has gotten to a point and yeah like of course there's blame to be put on him but like there's blame to be put on him for this season but in general like he's a guy who has been playing well and to to you know to have him be coming across as a loser, which he is now, our favorite sixer, right? To to put him in, in this spot where he just looks bad is is fully part of the the you know fan apathy, right? Like, you know, you see fans talking about how, you know, he's not Hurts, he's not Harper, right? Like that he's not on that level. That didn't have to be the case if the Sixers were such failures. And I'm not saying Embiid's like the best player ever, but he's had some good really good second round playoff series where the team let him down and now he you know really did not play well in this one but it's again it's like fresh in your mind and bead stunk we didn't get out of the second round again and i just fully blame the sixers for like how sucky it feels to you know have our favorite sixer of a lot of our lifetimes you know feel like that it robbed us the end of the playoffs robbed us of even really being happy about him winning MVP because immediately it became embarrassing. Like immediately it was like Jokic was scoring 40 with 20 and 20 every night. And it was like, Oh, fucking like when he won MVP, it was a triumphant moment for all of us who've been pulling for him for so long, but he deserves part of it because he was awful in game seven and like, and didn't, appear to be trying which is something even when we see him have bad games in the past like i still feel like in these playoff games like against miami the year before he was still diving on the floor and like he just couldn't be effective you know but this one he was just out of it from tip off like i just didn't understand what happened to him so yeah to have joy sucked out of him sounds phrasing isn't great but to have (laughs) to uh, no longer have like the unabashed joy and like uh pride in him that we once did is like a real shame and he's done some weird annoying twitter things in the off season which nobody needs and it's like this is not the time whatsoever to be like silly joel anymore it's like you know you've got to really put it together at this point but i agree with you that the team failed him for a long time and so now when he fails it's easy to point at him and be like, wait, what are these playoff stats? And like remove the prior context because it's like, this is where we are. Um, Speaking of insufferable on Twitter, Daryl Morey is like, you know, 
Is this your uh, next one? Is this is this your first uh, what you hate about the Sixers? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll pivot here. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that I think he's better at his job than you do. Um, yeah. But I don't think that he's had a very good tenure in Philadelphia. And this, like, bloodlust that he has for James Harden might have really been his undoing. He seemed to have had no plan for if Harden wanted to be out of Philadelphia and did this opt-in thing. Like, just begging him to play and be miserable for a month until they can trade him again. It's like, it doesn't seem tethered to reality if you're somebody who actually knows what Harden would do in a situation like this. He does not, Harden doesn't think like, well, I'm about to be a free agent. I want one last payday. Let me suck it up and play in Philadelphia. Like he he thinks he's a max guy. Like he, he doesn't think that he has anything to prove to anyone. And he wants to leave. He told all those Chinese kids. So I don't really know what the plan is for Harden. Like, obviously, I think a trade eventually gets done. But, like, if he's going to do the Ben thing and just, like, say he'll hold him out, you know, he'll let him expire, he'll, you know, all of this. Kind of, it, it's a joyless experience as a fan to, like, they just embarrass themselves in the playoffs again. And now we're just going to argue about James Harden for an entire year, waste another Joel prime year, um, to where, I mean, you see in the city, like, like the tenor on this team is terrible. Like, nobody's excited. Everybody's it's furious. Well, not only that, but whenever the Sixers tweet, like, happy Hanukkah, everybody's like, how about you fuck off? It's like, you know, nobody, nobody cares. And Daryl could help himself a tiny bit by shutting up on Twitter or anything else. Like, and, and you know, he has done that for a little bit now, but, like, he was just being himself and annoying on twitter in the face of all of this which makes it worse that he's so up his own ass that like he won't just kind of sit it out for a while so yeah, yeah. and you know you guys know i have a very low tolerance for people who get fanboyed on twitter who are underperforming uh and that's how i felt about ben simmons at the end of his time here and that's how i feel about daryl Morey right now he has not done a good job with the sixers and everybody still wants to you know congratulate him for you know, not trading Embiid for Chris Paul yet. And, you know, all other 29 GMs would have traded Embiid for Chris Paul by now. And it's just a miracle that Daryl hasn't done it yet. Like every little thing he does, you know, is just phenomenal. And every mistake he makes is, oh, that's not even a mistake. He had no choice. And it's actually been that way for him since he was even in Houston. He's had these apologists for a long time. And you guys know, I just have no tolerance for that kind of thing. I find it so annoying um, I found it annoying when Ben was averaging career lows and everything. Um, I just can't, I can't stand it. Like the guy is not living up to what we expected from him here. He's not living up to his $12 million contract with the team. Uh, and, and I have no problem saying that. And I'm not saying he's like a horrible GM, but I think he's been really bad lately and he's underwhelmed his whole time here. And I'm going to call it out. And I, I don't, I don't need to hear about how good he was in Houston 15 years ago or anything like that. Like, let's call it like it is. I'm so sick of, of beating around the bush because people think this guy is cool because he's one of the only GMs who, you know, feels like telling you his thought process on everything uh, on the internet. So people can like learn something from him and look up to him. I, I just, I just can't stand that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to share my screen real fast. I really, really hate the Sixers because they're just boring. I want to sleep even when I watch the game or go to the game, just like this guy. 
uh, this was last year in May. I remember that guy. Yeah. 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 So that I, I want my basketball team to be exciting. And if I'm sitting front row, I want to be awake. And I don't have a great feeling about it looking at this. If it for those who don't know who this actually is, it it's this guy. Two in Glen Mills. I've always been your dealer. You just didn't know it yet. Great. Making the GM. Exactly. So <laughs> I think, you know, as, as a team, right, as a basketball organization, an entertainment, a business, right, you want to make money. And in order to do that, you need to be conscious. And I think the Sixers should think about that a little bit more than they are right now. You know, I can't, I'm, I'm a, I'm a one person sample. Um, but I've gone to the Sixers home opener the last couple of years, since I've been living in Philly, I've been going to the home openers and, um, you know, I had a friend ask if I wanted to go this year. And I, I said, no, like, I was like, I wasn't like, Oh, let me see what it costs. I was like, yeah, I, I have, I just don't want to go. I'm like, we'll still, I'll still watch the games. We'll still talk about the Sixers on here. Um, but to like, spend any kind of money on this team right now is just not something I'm interested in. You know, I think it's so funny when we, you know, if we were to, you know, talk about the things we don't like about the Sixers a couple of years ago, it would be, you know, I think a big thing would be like the Tobias Harris contract or um, like a whole host of mismanagement over the years, ruining Father's Day in 2021, right? And it's like, well, you look, you look at like what has changed since then. It's like we're mentioning new problems, but like nothing's gotten better. Like the Sixers are still ruining, you know, whatever whatever day their playoff games fall on. Um, and I think AU wrote a, a thing about how he's the Sixers are just ruining all basketball at the moment. You know, Tobias Harris is still getting paid thirty nine million dollars this season, and uh, like so that's not better. And there's still like a host of mismanagement. We have signed five centers this off season. So like those things aren't better. They're just still, they're overshadowed by everything else we've mentioned. Like that's another thing. It's like the old problems aren't gone and being replaced by these new problems we're complaining about. It's just like these new problems suck worse somehow. The old problems are still there. They suck worse because it's been longer and we're all older. You know what I mean? Including the players. Yeah. But like, that's why it's worse is that we didn't have this, Back then, we at least had a runway where it was like, Joel's 25. Like, let's see what happened. You know, like, you know, maybe Ben right. will learn to play functional, you know, half-court offense in the playoffs. Like, yeah. but now it's like we've seen so much and the goodwill for this team and the, like, um, holding out hope for this team is is essentially gone. Like, I, I do think of a world where if they make a hardened trade, like name a hardened trade where the Clippers give in on the picks and you get a couple players, Norm Powell, whoever. I can see myself because I am done with the hardened thing and was after the playoffs that I could get excited, that I could fool myself into thinking that they'll make a run because they now would have depth, guys who try, uh, nobody on the team who uh, is telling the Chinese youth that he doesn't want to be on the team. Like I could get behind a version of that team around Joel and, and be excited. But in terms of the kind of feeling that this year's team will win a title, it feels so remote. Like it, it just feels like that that is very hard to, to capture. And there is 
I will not be excited one second if Harden plays on this team. Like if he's if he's like you just can't get fooled by it. You cannot. Like even if he signed here happily on one year, how do you think it's going to end? You know what I mean? Like like what do you think is going to happen? You know. So so that's that's very frustrating. Like I think Drew, pull up if you want to pull up the tweet uh, that we had shared. I mean because I think what you're what you're saying is fair, right? But it's like. Yeah, like you know, the, the the there's a very slim chance this Sixers team is doing much. But if if we get happily surprised, right? If somehow Lillard comes here and you trade Harden for someone good, and now the team is fun and and you know they look inspired in the games, I could see myself getting back in. But like the hoops you have to jump through to get on board with this team right now, I mean. Paul Reed's shooting leap, like Paul Reed has always been able to shoot in the G League. Like it's just like that's not the I'm not I'm not gonna Ben Simmons summer video myself into Paul Reed being an elite three-point shooter. Rico Hines is our assistant coach. Who the hell cares about that? Danny MF Green is back, Steve. He can't walk, but Danny, he's back. Danny MF Green. I mean Unreal. I mean the, the fanatics just sold out here, of Danny which we Green don't even think is happening. Harden still insists Harden, he's not playing, but he couldn't make Harden this list of for the Sixers, eight things without it. Harden playing for the Sixers against his will. Exciting. Um, <laughs> Tobias is on the last year of his deal. Why the hell would that make me excited for this year? Like, maybe for cap space, but like, what am I excited for for that? Like, I, You're looking at I'm Tobias as like a countdown clock. Right. Right. Tobias is like, you know, the Dick Clark New Year's Eve thing. Us all <laughs> counting down arm in arm, ready I mean, to kiss each other. To be serious. contract expires. To be serious for a sec, we've been doing this for three years. I mean, yep. ever since we yep. he signed that deal and it kicked in. Right. We've never not wanted to trade him. And, uh, I know that this bot uh, loves uh, Harden and Embiid, so this is like part of the, part of the thing, I guess, but I, and Nick Nurse is a good coach. Like I do think that he would do well with a solid team. I, I like him. I think that he's going to do well. I, I, I don't want him around the Eagles or the Phillies. I saw everybody freaking out when uh, when Nurse was around the Eagles and the Phillies. Um, what is the Embiid revenge? But yeah, I mean, he won MVP last year and then gave up in the yeah. playoffs. Who's he getting revenge against? Himself? Mm-hmm. The man right. here. Sure, yeah. sure. Like to say you're all in on like no, he listed eight things. None of them is relating to the playoffs or, or any championship or any going further than they have the past X years. And I'm all in. It's like, bro, not exactly. These things is a change from last season besides the assistant coach. Danny is not going to play. Like the only actual change is Nick Nurse on this list. Danny Green. I mean, you know, when they signed Danny Green, I I did hear from a source that Daryl was looking for a way to get older and less athletic very quickly. So um, yeah, it's good. I'm glad he's well, back. Well, and, and listen, and it, it, for that you have to give him an A, right? I mean, that's yeah. He's been doing a great job of that since he got. I also hate about our Sixers. Here, I'll say this, and we alluded to it earlier, um, but I just think that the the fan apathy is just so depressing. Like, like if you talk to an average person around the city, like if you bring up the Sixers, they'll just try to change the topic. 
Like they don't even want to do what we're doing and sit around and complain about the team for the most part. Like people are like, why are you talking to me about the Sixers? Like, let's talk about the Eagles or the Phillies. Like nobody even wants to talk or think about this team, right? Like sports talk radio doesn't want to talk about this team. Like it's just a miserable group. And I think every, even though like, say over the last five, six, seven years, right? Every season, maybe it's gotten like, a little progressively less exciting coming into the year. It's been like to the point where like, you know, Embiid and Simmons were young and, and, you know, could be great this year and all of that. And, you know, it was young enough to not worry about the playoff problems to, you know, you get into last season and you're talking yourself into PJ Tucker and James Harden's, you know, taking a, taking a, a pay cut, you know, to get these guys, but at least you're coming into the season with, something like oh Harden's been working out in the offseason he seems engaged like maybe he'll be good like there's something to talk yourself into and I don't even think it's there I mean maybe if you really want to squint you can say oh Nick Nurse could change things um but I I just think that this is really the first offseason where the 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 vast consensus is just I don't even care about this team and I think that's really sad I mean just thinking back to how much everybody was excited for this team, you know, a few years ago. And, and before that, going back to the process where, you know, the hinky days where we were losing, but at least they were interesting. And a lot of people wanted to still watch the games. Um, They're just not interesting right now. And um, people are, people are out. And I mean, I, I'm one of those people. I just, but I just, I think it sucks. Like I, there was great community built around this team and it's kind of, it's kind of gone because of all of the horrible things they've done. Yeah. And it's definitely not helped by the Phillies and Eagles being teams in the city with very positive opinions to the point where I think that there's a lot of people in the city who reasonably believe that both of those teams could win a championship, you know, like Phillies need another run. The Eagles are going to be right in the thick of it, you know, like, and then you get to the Sixers and, and there's nothing good. Like it's, it's, it's all misery. So, yeah. It's like if you were to take like a scale of like joy to pain, any of the three teams give you, it's like the Sixers, the difference between the Sixers and the Phillies and the Eagles is so big in the joy department that the pain axis is overtaking the joy. So we're not even right. happy like you're talking about the Sixers uh we're talking yeah. about why we hate them so but and it's I do... a shame because I think there were some great playoff performances this this past I mean you know even Harden had some great ones but he had some that were so bad oh, yeah. um yeah. like but I mean the the attitude after game five of that Celtics series was overjoyed and we thought maybe oh, we were God. finally getting past it with this team and I think that like that is maybe the closest we've been pushed to, you know, believing after all the doubt we've had. And then just to have it brought down with some really uninspiring play when the other teams seem do play inspired, right? Like the Phillies have these great comebacks and they're, you know, they're hitting and, um, and the Eagles with their run are just exciting. And it doesn't feel like there's enough excitement with the Sixers team. It just feels you're, like you're you're fighting the inevitable, which is that they're not getting out of the second round. Your point about Harden is so good because, like, do you know how bad you have to be 
in the rest of the series for like everyone except for Aiden Laporta to forget about those two great games we had he had which were legitimately excellent like i was at one of them i was at um game four and he won him that game and whatever 48 hours later i was like this guy is an absolute loser and i'm not wrong you know it's like the the highs and lows of him they're way more lows and highs at this point but it's just like it's what leads to this current you know feeling yeah. I want to touch on um something you both just referenced, but Dan says specifically about uh the Phillies and the Eagles being like inspiring, right? And the Sixers aren't. And there's tons of reasons why. But my question is, uh, you both can answer this. Do you think like it's a va- it's a skill that a ownership group, a GM group can have to not directly inspire their own players but create kind of cultivate that culture and get it moving forward because you see teams like even in the nba the difference between the hornets and the spurs right the vibes are completely different and it's like is there a way as a gm or front office to actually force that to happen or is it just kind of like up to the the personalities of the team I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with direct player interaction from, you know, the front office. But but I think the difference is, I mean, listen, we've made fun of it forever. But, like, you look at the Miami Heat, right? And the fans want to talk about Heat culture. But they have guys who bear down and win in the big moments. And no one ever thinks they're the most talented team. And they're probably right. They probably never are. Um, and, yeah, like, it was painful to watch Jimmy play through the regular season here. It was. And, you know, the Heat were an eight seed this year. Like, all of that is true. But when it gets down to it, they have just found, and I think part of it is coaching. Spolstra is a great coach. But they have just found a way to get, you know, multiple runs through the Eastern Conference Finals. And I the Sixers don't have that. And when, like, I think watching that Sixers-Heat series last year, it wasn't hard to see why. Like, you can just feel a difference with like when things get hard, who is more affected by it and who is just going to go play. And the Sixers, and, and I, I think what it comes down to really is creating a team of that kind of player. And you saw Tucker, despite how bad he was, kind of willed the Sixers to win in that way this year. Um, but it, I don't think it's something that Daryl really places any value in. I would have actually imagine it's something he doesn't really think is all that real. Um, based on how he handles team building and I just think that's not true Um, and it sucks because I think you need you know it can't just be like your crappy fifth starter to be that guy like and and B needs to be more of that guy and it's a shame he's not but like knowing he's not then like three more of your starters have to be right like you need you need guys who are just going to make things happen and well or especially your second guy yeah yeah but this and the Sixers don't have that and other teams do like the other Philly teams have that right like I mean even like I think you look at like I mean Harper obviously but even like Hoskins in the playoff run last year where like he really wasn't playing all that great but he just seemed to get big hit after big hit when they really needed it I mean Bryson Stott has been that guy right like they have guys who are like okay let's focus let's do it like 
The Sixers don't have that. Anything to add, Steve? You know, just just to your point, you know, your question about like what can a GM or president do to influence that kind of inspiration, and it's it's just about the kinds of players that they tolerate on the team, and like exactly, not to pick on Tobias, but like Tobias could not be less that type of player. Like he he will never get a loose ball. He will never come up big in a moment. Like he's just not. He's the meme. You're not that guy, pal. Um. And, and Harden is obviously even more that guy where he doesn't want the ball at the end, you know what I mean, in these in these highest leverage moments. So, you know, you would even take a player who is worse than Harden, who is more that personality, because Harden becomes less of Harden in the biggest moments, and that other theoretical player rises to the occasion. So, yeah, it's part of it. Interesting. Steve, you got anything else for uh, why you hate the Sixers? They drafted Arnett Moultrie, and I always knew that he sucked and he was terrible. They drafted Marie Spates, who I'm friends with on Facebook, but he was terrible. Um, just a few off the top of my mind. All right. Well, I have another one. Um, I'm Me and my friends are very upset because there's – it's too easy to get to the games. Um, <laughs> with, with we're out of state, we're in South Jersey. It's too easy. I want it to be a little bit more difficult to actually get to the Sixers game and perhaps get, I don't know, a drink or something on the way. But I thank God the Sixers are dropping their new stadium right, right in the middle of. Uh, market street and this is what they expect it to look like and i'm really excited because with our newest addition kelly uber jr why did you do that you put kelly uber banners on there so <laughs> so you could just see the the aesthetic right is improving almost every day with this new arena that we're seeing and um I mean, you see everyone wearing like the Iverson jerseys, the banners, everything. Um, yeah, I just think it would be a great addition uh, to just make everything look better and for it to be a little bit harder for me to get to the games. I don't like, you know, driving there. I want to maybe take a train and maybe take an hour and a half to park if I do decide to drive. I, I think I think that you know, I'm very pro public transportation, you know, I think it's better for the environment. That said, like Philadelphia does not have the infrastructure to handle everybody going to a Sixers game, taking public transportation. You know, when we had the uh, Canada smog this summer, uh, a lot of people wanted to take the subway instead of walk. And it was so hot and crowded on that subway. And oh. it took forever to get where you wanted to go. It was disgusting. We are nowhere close to having the infrastructure. For, I mean, it takes two hours to get on the subway on the way home from an Eagles game. Like, there, oh, it's, it's just, terrible. Yeah, there's no way this is a viable strategy right now without like billions of dollars invested into SEPTA, which the Sixers aren't going to give. Um, and yeah, like Market East sucks. There's nothing there, but like this would also bother a lot of people in Chinatown. Um, 
like uh, and and i just i think that it's it, it it's the kind of thing that isn't well thought out it just it just logistically has no chance and like they keep saying they're pushing forward with it i am extremely skeptical that this is going to happen I would be really surprised, no matter what the Sixers say, that this is happening. I mean, just I just know that Harris and those guys are dead set on doing this because if you own the arena, your like valuation skyrockets even higher. So I think they want to do this and sell the team. Um, but yeah, otherwise, no disagreements on how silly it is and how Josh Harris is a loser. I mean, if this is what it takes to get him to sell the team, maybe I could get on board. Yeah, if, if we <laughs> if he comes out with a press release that he at twenty thirty one, the year after this stadium comes out, he's done. I might be willing. I might be. Yeah. Can we talk about real quick before Steve has to go? Just uh, Josh Harris dragging Joel and beat out to the Commanders game. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Rough. Like. What a horrible, uh, horrible look. Let me see if I can. Are you mad at Are you mad at Joel for that or no? I'm not mad at him for it, but it just it doesn't help the apathy, because uh, it's like, what the hell is this like? And then for Harris, it's like, wow, really finger on the pulse with your team here, like. Yeah, he doesn't. Harris does not care. I I don't have any problem with Joel being there. I'm sure that he got thrown a bag of cash and you know just took some pictures with Magic Johnson, um, but. It would would have been great to see Joel at the Eagles home opener. You know what I mean? Like right. if he's doing that sort of thing, that would have been that would have been a cool thing. But uh, Maxi and Bebop Ball were there. It is crazy, just kind of like how different everyone's treating him down there. Obviously, they had a really shitty owner before he got there, so yeah. you're kind of comparing apples to oranges. But like they're treating him like royalty, just like because he's he's a savior. No- yeah, he's so normal, right? And uh, compared to here, it's almost just like take him, just like go take him, take him let's from pull us. Pull up the handshake while we're on this, real quick. Oh, we we got it. Let's close out the handshake. But yeah, it's like Josh Harris, uh, to our knowledge, has not like outwardly harassed anyone, and he's like an absolute golden god. It's like it, it takes very little right now. What did you think of it? The awkward Josh Harris handshake. No, it was perfect. Yeah, perfect. When- perfectly emblematic of what he's like in a social situation that's, where yeah, that's, he's that's like exactly who he is i think a human would shake this and joe buck's like can you get the fuck off me <laughs> joe buck's like, get off me well times are good boys oh all right good stuff